Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau defends losing patience with a protester. I think Canadians know that I have pretty thick skin and uh, I am able to take uh, all sorts of different abuse, especially if it means that someone is not uh, somewhere else hassling frontline health workers or vulnerable Canadians. But he went after my family. He said hateful, misogynistic things about my wife. Aaron O'Toole calls on Canadians to punish Trudeau for the timing of the election. Do we reward Mr. Trudeau for calling an unnecessary $600 million election in the middle of a pandemic? Make no mistake, a vote for anyone other than Canada's Conservatives is a vote for more of the same from Mr. Trudeau. And Jagmeet Singh continues to face questions about his potential support for other parties. I'm letting Canadians know what I believe in and what I'm fighting for. And I want Canadians to know that so they can make an informed decision around what the, where they vote in this election. It's Wednesday, September 15th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top stories from the campaign this morning. We're joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. Let's talk about where we stand with five days until Election Day. We've learned that a lot of Canadians have voted in advance polls. Uh, We're seeing some frustration, some tension mounting on the campaign trail. Uh, The leaders are getting testier, snippier. I heard that word used yesterday. Um, Justin Trudeau is defending the fact that he kind of snapped back at a a protester the other day. Uh, There are people talking about the outcome of the election and what could happen next. So what's your assessment of where we're at right now? Well, you know, we're almost, uh, I don't want to say stalemate, but really no party appears to have uh, momentum if you're talking about the horse race aspect of this thing. Um, the polls just come in, everybody, the, the liberals and conservatives are both within the margin of error. One of them might be ahead, the other one might be ahead, hard to tell. Um, you know, there's. it looks like there might be a bit of movement, say, in Quebec, which could be very significant. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of movement in Ontario where the Liberals do appear to be ahead and ahead enough to make a difference, maybe ahead enough to defend the government, if uh, not enough for a majority, though. So if stalemate isn't the right word, we're, we're kind of at an impasse to some degree. And uh, it's hard to imagine uh, what any party might be able to do now to change that uh, situation and break out of the pack. So, um, And I think voters really have made up their minds. As in every election, most people already know who they're going to vote for or if they're, like me, you've already voted. Yeah, and and what do you think that means if we end up with, uh, as the numbers suggest, a minority parliament? Um, if if the party's seat totals have only changed by a, a handful of seats, what does that mean, first of all, for uh, government moving forward? Uh, it presumably it would mean the the liberals likely would would end up as the government, but in a minority situation. Um, what does that mean for their plan? What does it mean for Justin Trudeau? Well, I think what it means is they're going to have to show uh, unexpected skill at uh, deal-making with the other parties, you know, and uh, they would be forced, I think, to get anything done. They're going to have to actually admit that there are other parties in 
in Parliament who have the support of millions of Canadians and, and want their voices to be heard. I think that's one inevitable uh, result. Uh, I mean, if it's fairly close, I, I don't see necessarily Trudeau or Aaron O'Toole's leadership being on the line. Um, you know, uh, the NDP probably will stay with Jagmeet Singh. I, I think they still see him as a, an up-and-coming guy. Uh I, I do also think, you know, Mark, that uh, some of these rejectionist people in the, uh, uh, the People's Party or in the Greens are going to be very frustrated that, uh, you know, their, their voices are not being taken seriously enough. I mean, whether they should be or not is another question, of course. But, um, you know, it, it, it would result, I think, in a fair bit of frustration. And you might just get one of these lengthy periods of acrimony in, in Parliament um, in which basically nothing gets done, and the opposition party is seeing uh, no advantage in dealing with the Liberals, and in fact obstructing until there is another election, and uh, we could be back at this in another two years. Yeah. And yesterday, Aaron O'Toole was saying that the voters should punish Justin Trudeau for calling this election in the first place. If If the outcome of this election is something very similar to the parliament that we had uh, a month ago, a little over a month ago. Um, does that mean it was a mistake for Justin Trudeau to have done this? I don't think anybody thinks it was a good idea to have this election when it has been called. Even the liberals, I mean, they're forced to defend that position. Um, but, I mean, they surely don't think it was a good idea now. I mean, now they're, they're out there clawing for every vote. They're not coasting to a, uh, a triumphant majority government, nothing of the sort. So they don't think it was a good idea. However, you know, I, I keep coming back to this, you know, not that long ago, uh, both Jagmeet Singh and Aaron O'Toole were calling on Trudeau to resign or step aside or call an election. And the liberals were useless and hopeless. And, you know, the country needed direction and get out of the way and call an election. And then there's a kind of phony war period that followed all that. And then suddenly the liberals decide the the uh, you know the signs are propitious for a for a new mandate, so they call the election. Everyone now thinks it's the worst idea ever. <laughs> so I yeah. mean, Aaron O'Toole saying something that he's been saying since the election was called, which is not the same as what he was saying before the election was called, is nothing new in politics. I'm sad to say. Yeah. Do you think this election has divided Canadians over issues like? mandatory vaccines, uh, uh, gun control, those kinds of things, has it contributed to divisions in Canadian politics? All elections do that, Mark. Um, everyone that I can remember, uh, you know, free trade in 1988, and uh, there's several Harper elections uh, that were very, very divisive and, and caused a lot of internal uh, uproar in the country. Uh, I think we're living in a time in which um, people feel their their views should uh, take precedence over everybody else's. Uh, this is what the People's Party is all about. It's a, a profoundly entitled group of people who think that, uh, you know, no matter what the vast majority of, of Canadians want and believe is right, that their views should prevail over all of them. And then that is ridiculous and, and and can't stand, but that's where we are. And social media driving so much of this. Uh, you know, I can't recall an election when anyone hurled rocks at the uh, leader of a national party. 
Uh, I can't remember any time when people screamed abuse at um, the leader of a national party to the point where he started yelling back at them. I mean, Kretschmer might have gone over and put the chokehold on some of these guys. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's um, it really is uh, a sign of the nastiness that's uh, endemic in our society now, and, uh, and it's not a good sign for the future either. And I, I don't know what type of leadership it'll take. Uh, but it is going to take leadership uh, right across the board to uh, to try to calm the debate down to where we can get back to a more rational uh, kind of discussion that we're used to. Dan, what will you be watching for in the final days of the campaign as a, a potential indication of, of uh, how things might play out on Election Day and afterwards? Well, you know, I, I think people are kind of resigned to this uh election. I do think that in most places, perhaps with the notable exception of Alberta, it's pretty safe to go out and vote. You know, Elections Canada is a very well-managed organization, I think, that will make uh, the voting places safe. Uh, the one I was in certainly was, was well run by local people, and, and this is the, the miracle and brilliance of, uh, of our democracy in so many ways. Um, and so I, I do think, uh, you know, People will reluctantly go through the process. I think turnout will be way down. Um, so this is another issue that you're going to have. Whoever gets elected is going to be elected with very, very thin support on the ground, as it were. And, uh, you know, enough to win an election, but not enough to really assert a broad mandate over public policy. And I, that concerns me. And I think we will get into a situation or we are likely to be in a situation after the election where no party really has a clear uh, mandate. And it will be up to the, um, you know, the politicking and leadership abilities of the leaders in Parliament to figure out a modus vivendi so that we can all get along and get things done and we're not in a state of utter paralysis that'll just stumble along until the next uh, election. That's that's dangerous. This is not the time for that. Yeah. All right, Dan, we'll see what happens in the final few days. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, Mark. That's Dan Legere, longtime political writer and broadcaster. I launched Canada's recovery plan on the first full day of this election. 164 pages in lavish detail, maybe too much detail. Now here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Heather Schofield questions Aaron O'Toole's claim that he has the more responsible economic plan. Schofield writes, O'Toole wants to have it all, fiscal discipline, but with lots of new spending, a crackdown on inflation, but with higher wages and consumption, flourishing free trade, but with protectionist measures. But having it all is just not coherent, nor is it consistent with the Conservatives' reputation for being strong economic managers. In the aftermath of the COVID-19 recession, it's essential to rethink how fiscal policy works. But coherence is just as essential. In the National Post, Tasha Carradin argues Maxime Bernier's rise could secure Justin Trudeau's re-election. Carradin writes, Thanks to anti-government and anti-vaccination sentiment, Maxime Bernier has taken the People's Party of Canada to between 6 and 7% in the polls. While they may not elect many MPs, its rise may thwart the Conservatives' hope of forming a minority government. Research drawn from the CBC's Vote Compass suggests that 59% of voters 
who intend to vote PPC this election, voted Tory in 2019. By carving off conservative votes, the PPC could help elect the Liberals and return Justin Trudeau to office. In the Globe and Mail, Gary Mason argues Bernier has run a disgraceful campaign. Mason writes, Election campaigns are bruising affairs, and the mood of the candidates is linked to the proximity of the finish line. That is, unless you have nothing to lose. Then you can enjoy the experience and get more exposure than you ever imagined. Prior to now, Maxime Bernier and his party have mostly been an easily ignored sideshow. But what he's been doing on the campaign trail is not kosher. When the story of this election is written, Bernier will remain a historical footnote, and a disgraceful one at that. Now, here's what's coming up on the campaign trail today. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will make an announcement in Halifax. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will be in Jonquière, Quebec, where he will make an announcement and then attend an event this evening in Orford. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is in Essex, Ontario, for an announcement. He will also visit with supporters before taking part in an online event tonight. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet is holding a news conference in Longueuil, Quebec. And Green Party leader Annamie Paul will hold a news conference in Kitchener, Ontario. She will also campaign in Toronto. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, September 15th. Tune into CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for full coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say every weekday on CPAC at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.